Welcome to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiva, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of influence with you. Every day, your gifted episodes, see what I did there, to help you become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best kept industry secrets to creating an online presence worth remembering. It's really like having a momager on speed dial. So let's dive into it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We have a listener question. You know how much I love answering those. Um, if you didn't know, you can ask me questions two ways. One, you can send me a voice memo. Two, you can type it into a Google form and ask away. Both options are located in the show notes of every single episode on this podcast. So if you're listening to an episode and you have a question, pop in the show notes, ask your question, bing, bang, boom, super easy. (laughs) All right, so this question reads, what is brand equity and how do I build it? Mm. I wish I knew if this person was a creator or business because that would kind of help me tailor my response. But regardless, product marketing principles do transfer between traditional businesses and creators or people of of influence um, because if you have a traditional business, you have products and services which are categorized as products. But as a personal brand, a person of influence, you in and of yourself are a product. So technically, they both have utilized product marketing principles. Anyways, um... Everybody has a very nuanced definition for brand equity, no matter who you ask. If you were to ask a financial expert, they would focus a lot more of their time explaining what brand equity is based on your financials. For a marketer, specifically somebody like me, brand equity is more so like, I want to look at what your customer reactions are. I'm kind of already assuming that you have customers, okay? You know, you're like financial analyst or like a CPA or somebody, you know, that you're talking to in that capacity. You're like a CFO who's asking you about your financials because you said you want to grow brand equity and like expand the value of your intellectual property. They would be tailoring that in the financial sense, maybe asking you a, a question of like, how much money are you making? Are you making money? You know, that kind of stuff. A marketer, if you're if you're hiring a marketer, you're talking to a marketer about expanding brand equity, I'm going to be already assuming that you make money because otherwise, why would you engage me? Um, so I'm going give to you, give you my perspective from like a marketing standpoint. Um, also, for personal brands specifically, there's less emphasis on how much money you are making and more emphasis on how well are you recognized, right? How many times have you, have you been featured in the press? What types of press? How many followers do you have? What are your followers' reactions? Do they mention you a lot? Do they tag you in a lot of things? Do they buy your merch? How, how fast does your merch sell out? Do, okay, so, so those kinds of questions. Um, so it's kind of a little easier to explain when it comes to personal branding simply because it's like, it's more about, 
are you the point person for the thing you want to be a point person for? And how do you stack up against, mm, I don't want to say against, but you know what I mean? Like when it comes to other people in, the, in your niche or in the same vertical, where are you in terms of recognition? Um, again, I don't like to think of it as competition because I, I don't think people really compete against other people when it comes to personal branding. Um, simply cause you know, you could be a DJ and somebody may like you because they like your music, but that doesn't mean they're not going to go and enjoy other DJs. Right. So it's a little nuanced. Um, but yeah, when it comes to personal brands or creators, it's very much more focused on like recognition and your influence and what your, how your influence is quantified through of course, vanity metrics, but then other things. Right. And that can mean, you know, again, if you have products or services or a business or merch, what are the conversion rates? What are the conversion rates between platforms? If you're making a ton of videos transferring people from TikTok to YouTube, what's the conversion rate? That can also determine your brand equity. Um, another thing that people don't really think about is if you uh, type a really, really long caption, if you make a 10 minute video, how many people watch it? How many people read your caption? For somebody like Bella Hadid or Bethany Frankel, people are gonna read the whole fucking caption and they're gonna watch the whole fucking video because these are already notable people. They already are well known and because they are so well known, that already tells you you need to listen to them subconsciously. That's how it works. Um, but for a creator that's not as recognized or not at, doesn't have as much brand equity, you may see less of a view rate for a 10-minute video. So you may have to put in more effort into things like editing and production and things like that because you showing up and talking for 10 minutes may not be enough. You see what I mean? So there's more um, like qualitative things that we quantify when it comes to brand equity for people. But the most easiest one is like when you launch a business or merch or a product, what's the conversion rate amongst your, your followers, right? How much of that is vanity metrics and how much of these are loyal fans? That's kind of like the most easiest one, I would say. When it comes to a business, it's even harder because it's even more nuanced. Um, there is outright competition, so if you are, um, you know, creating a super innovative product and you may be taking up that space and growing really fast and becoming like a staple in people's lives because you are the only one that has that type of innovative product, boom, another brand comes along. They have the same type of product, but their price point's a little lower. Oh, people now go over there because it's basically a dupe for yours. So then they start growing their amount of revenue right? However, that doesn't mean that they can grow brand equity because if people are coming to that brand because it's a dupe for yours, your brand equity still goes up from an emotional value perspective because people think that yours is so cool and so awesome, but like it's not affordable to them. So they're going to go to an affordable version of yours for the reason that they want your product, but they want an affordable version of it. In my opinion as a marketer, that raises your brand equity, not the dupes. Does that make sense? But from a financial perspective, 
if the dupe brand is growing faster than you at this point, then from a financial perspective, they have more brand equity than you. So like there's so many different nuances. So that's why I like to just think of it from a marketing perspective where what is the emotional value? And those are things that can be pulled from like customer reviews, um, comments. I mean, you can use vanity metrics, of course, you know, how many followers you have, but I think that has kind of less importance than engagement. Um, how many times has your brand been featured in the press? How many of those press opportunities were pay to play versus kind of organic things? Um, what was the view rate on like your Super Bowl ad? Let's say if you're a super big brand. I mean, at that point, if you're paying for Super Bowl ads, like people already fucking know who you are. <laughs> you already have a ton of brand equity. Um, how recognizable is your logo? Are people buying things from you because they want to be part of the clout? Okay, that's how that's another indicator that you probably have brand equity. For example, at this point, if I had to just assume, just assume, not even looking at data, the majority of Nike's customers are probably not athletes or anybody who wants to be an athlete. They wear it because it says something about them. It's like almost as if it's like a status symbol for a winner immediately out the gate. And like, no wonder because their swoosh logo alone is worth $26 billion. The swoosh logo alone. I'm not even talking about the revenue the company is making. I'm not talking about the valuation of Nike as a whole, just that little that swoosh which by the way was designed by carolyn davidson for 35 dollars. the co-founders of nike paid her 35 dollars to design that logo and it is now worth 26 billion dollars if it's worth 26 billion dollars it's a pretty logical conclusion that the majority of the customers at this point are not athletes because that logo has so much value that's how now you're ending up with like collaborations right you slap a nike logo on some on like a supreme thing and it can raise the value of that or supreme can raise the value of nike then it can kind of play in the realm of collaboration where nike and its collaborator like supreme like tiffany's have a moment of shared equity i think i've talked about this on the on the podcast before shared equity in a partnership means both brands involved have have a ton of brand equity between themselves and have similar audiences. So they get like, they get exposed to each other's audiences. They um, are able to convert each other's audiences. No, one is not getting more than the other. That's why, that's why it's shared. Borrowed equity, for example, would be something like if Nike collaborates with an influencer with like a micro influencer um, who is an artist and asks that micro influencer to paint a mural in I don't know New Orleans Louisiana um, and that artist is not known internationally okay so that's a moment of bor borrowed equity where Nike gives like lends their community and their visibility and their brand to that artist to up-level the artist. Does that make sense? So that's borrowed equity. 
Um, another term for that in the advertising industry is borrowed interest. So, for example, if there's a commercial that utilizes hmm, a celebrity to basically communicate the story, like, like there's no plot, there's no storyline that's really that interesting without the celebrity partner, that's borrowed interest. You basically used somebody's face to sell your product and you knew that it could not sell without it. And usually in those particular cases, the celebrity partner or the influencer, <laughs> they probably have a shit ton of brand equity. So again, it could be like a collaboration with a newer brand. It could be rebranding an existing brand into a different niche. Um, and usually those types of collaborations are really expensive because mm, the celebrity partner may not be really getting that much out of it, aside from a check. <laughs> so... Brand equity from a marketing perspective, again, I know that they, it differs from industry to industry, is more so about the emotional value that you as a influencer or creator or as a business hold in people's lives. That's why I say that like, just because you have a business does not mean you have a brand. You have a brand when you see kind of the results of your business from an emotional perspective customers are telling you things people are referring you kind of behind closed doors you are experiencing a ton of word of mouth marketing like again i'm using the nike example but like nike may not need to make a commercial ever anymore unless they need to take like a social stance on something hmm, sound familiar um and they would still have brand equity a fuck ton of it they would be fine and in fact, that one commercial that they would make about like social change or, you know, if they made a commercial about their stance on gun violence at this point, that would only increase their brand valuation because it will emotionally resonate with people on an even deeper level than, than they already do. So building brand equity, um, it really is a community building effort. And I know that community is kind of a buzzword now in the industry, but like, I think specifically creators, because I think there are a lot of brands that do a really great job with like building brand equity on social media, like Duolingo, for example, um, or Poppy, um, or, you know, brands like that. I think for influencers, building brand equity can mean you really love the editing and production side of content. And then you can become somebody like Brandon Wolfel, who was like an icon, especially during the Tumblr era. He was the guy who like made all these pictures with twinkly lights and the orange blue color grading. Um, and every single photo he made like looked like such a warm and cozy atmosphere. And he became known for his, like, editing style and production. Um, or you could, you know, build brand equity through your personality. And arguably, I think that eventually you will have to do that anyway. Um, and I think that's what makes somebody like Alex Earl, for example, or like Hello Teffy or Bretman Rock so well-known, more so 
in the mainstream space is because they actually allowed people to understand who they are. To the brand world or the business world, that would translate into you communicating your values as a company, whether that's through your founder being the face or what have you. But building brand equity means you have to find a way to emotionally resonate with people. And in order to emotionally resonate with people, you need to know what it is that What are their pleasure points? What are their pain points? What are the things that make them tick? What are the things that they're looking for in companies or in people? With with a personal brand, it would be like, what kinds of things do you look for in a friend? So like, be that friend to somebody else. That should come naturally to you. This is not like a pretend game where you, you know, like perform. (laughs) Um... But that's, that's what it means from like a marketing perspective and building brand equity. It's, it's more so about like continuing to build community and engage with people and respond to comments, like message them, ask them things, do like focus groups for stuff or market research, ask questions. Don't just like show up on social media and think that like everybody's going to, you know, start washing your feet like you're Jesus and they're Mary Magdalene. Like... You have to give engagement to get engagement. So that's kind of like my first recommendation. And then like deliver on what people want to see from you. Um, Be like somewhat predictable. Um, Be reliable, I think is the better word, you know. So building emotional value, it's a lot of it's an experiment, by the way. Like, there's not, like, a one-size-fits-all way to do it. There are recommendations, but at the end of the day, everybody's different, and everybody has different um, priorities and different motives and different things that they're driven by, and we're all different people. So experimenting and seeing what sticks and what doesn't and then moving from, like, a place of volatility to a place of a bit more predictability with your marketing that takes some time. Um, you know, like Nike's ads weren't always the creative direction that they have now where it's like these like heartstring pulling black and white. That's kind of something that they just probably figured out through like testing and showing people a variety of different ads over the years and figuring out what creates resonance. And then ultimately what creates sales. And they're like, oh, it's the heartstring pulling stuff for our audience. So we're just going to continue riding that fucking wave. Um, so yeah, that, I hope that answers your question. Again, it's hard to answer that because I don't know if the person who was listening is a creator or a business. But I know both sides listen to the show. So I hope that was helpful in explaining it. And I'll also link a couple articles in the show notes that explain brand equity from other parts of the the picture. So like the financial side of things and the even deeper brand marketing side of things that are more quantitative um, because that can help you quantify some of those emotional aspects um, and also help you see how other people think of this in other industries that you may ask. So hope this helps. Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow me on TikTok at Kate Mob for more creative secrets from the internet's momager. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.